Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us this Thursday afternoon, June 7th, 2018. And uh, with me today is uh, my guest co-host, Adriana. Adriana, how are you today? Hey, Michael. Glad to be back. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Trying to stay dry? Yes. Yes. Uh, For those listeners that are here in South Florida, you know that uh, we've had some torrential rains that started probably about midday. And uh, there's been uh, lightning detected and tornado warnings and all kinds of warnings going on. So um, I'm happy to be safe. And, uh, and, and you're safe too, right, Adriana? I'm definitely safe, but I'm here looking at the lightning coming through and it's making me a little nervous, but I think yes. I'm pretty safe in my building, but okay. it's so crazy and, the past couple of weeks. And you have a beautiful view in your building, so you, you get do. to see the I'm skyline, very, right? Yes, I'm very grateful, but yeah, you know, when these tor- storms come through, you kind of get to really see, you have, I have my own little, I guess, weather forecast. I can just see it coming from miles away. So, um, yeah, it's pretty bad out there. Hopefully everybody driving home stays safe. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, so, you know, today we have, uh, we have our special guest that's coming on, uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, who's going to be joining us. And, um, last week, uh, we had Gail on, uh, who has written the book Cafe Beat, Flowing with the Heartbeat of God. And, of course, she is a cancer survivor. And, uh, you know, we've had, we've had several uh, cancer survivors on. And um, we have also um, talked about cancer, certainly um, from, from a spiritual sense and, uh, and somewhat of an emotional sense as well. Um, and this will be the first time actually, um, that we're actually going to have a medical professional on and and I'm real excited, um, you know, to have her on because she's going to talk to us about some, some new developments and, uh, you know, and, and that's exciting. Um, she was recently Mm -hmm. interviewed, uh, on Fox news and, and she's, uh, she's been on various media outlets as well. Uh, and before I connect her, and she is she is connected to us, uh, but before we bring her in, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Um, so uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire is a board-certified radiologist with advanced fellowship training in oncologic and breast imaging, uh, residing in the New York City area with her husband, three sons, and a puppy. So we're going to have to find out the puppy's name. I just took my puppy to get groomed this morning. Uh, she's active in healthcare <laughs> advocacy and legislation outside of her clinical and research duties as the director of breast imaging Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, Monmouth Regional. Um, so, you know, that's her clinical expertise. Um, she speaks English and Spanish. Uh, she's a graduate of Ross University School of Medicine and did her uh, residency at Maricopa Integrated Health Systems fellowship at the Mayo Clinic, and she's board certified in diagnostic radiology. 
a frequent media contributor on multiple national outlets. Uh, follow her on Twitter at NBSapphireMD, and that's spelled N-B-S-A-P-H-I-E-R-M-D. And also go to her website, www.NicoleSapphireMD.com. She's also the creator of social media hashtag, Rads Have a Face. So uh, without further ado, we are connecting Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Uh, Dr. Sapphire, how are you this afternoon? Hi, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, I'm here with, with my co-host, Adriana. Hello. Hello. Hi, Dr. Sapphire. So nice to meet you. You as well. Um, Very so thank impressive you so much. background. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh, well, thank you. I feel like you guys just went through my life story real quick. That's what we try to do in have... 60 minutes. Yes. I know that uh, that you have limited time, and I certainly appreciate you giving us some of your time to us and the listeners. I know how busy you are uh, professionally and personally. Um, so, uh, so let's talk. Uh, first, you have to tell me your puppy's name. So we just we just got a new puppy from the shelter, a little rescue oh. mutt a mutt of sorts. Her name is Eva, oh. and uh, she's gonna be a big girl. She's lab terrier something. She's good little girl though. Wow. All right. So so let's talk about uh, what's happening uh, in on your side of things. Sure. So, you know, um, my specialty is breast cancer imaging, as you alluded to. Um, I also do other types of cancer imaging and I do a lot in the healthcare policy. I'm the person yelling at all the politicians saying what needs to be done regarding women's health. And I like to uh, light some fires in that arena. And then I, you know, I also go on Fox News as well as other outlets, you know, a few times a week just talking about policy and medical stuff. And this week has been extremely exciting in the breast cancer world. And, you know, everyone either had breast cancer or knows someone or a friend of the friend, someone has had breast cancer because it is so common, about one in eight women in the United States will get breast cancer in their lifetime. And by the way, wow. men have breast too. Men have breast too. They're not yes. immune to breast cancer, but it's about 100 times less common in men. But about 1 in 1000 men will get breast cancer as well. So wow. everyone knows someone with breast cancer. Now, yeah, this and, week, and if I can just oh, interject, ahead. I'm sorry. Within the past several weeks or I'd say maybe the past month or two, Three friends of mine who are all media professionals, all with breast cancer. Wow. And undergoing wow. treatment wow. and or surgery. So I, the stats are, are very scary. But go ahead, please. No, I mean, it is. And fortunately for us, though, breast cancer is one of those things we know what to do with. And that's what I say to my patients when I tell them they have breast cancer. I said, look, you never want to be an interesting case, and breast cancer isn't an interesting case anymore. We have put in so much time and effort into early detection and treatments, and, you know, we're still trying to get there. But um, this week, something very interesting that has happened is um, research from the National Cancer Institute just came out saying that they have cured for the first time a woman with metastatic breast cancer. 
Now, wow. metastatic means the breast cancer has left her breast and has gone somewhere else, either to the brain, the bones, the lungs, the liver. But typically, once you have metastatic breast cancer, you can't be cured. You can live for a long time on maintenance treatments, but you can't be cured. But now we are finding with immunotherapy, which means that we're actually using our own body's immune system to kill cancer, that the National Cancer Institute just did this in its first case. And the woman has now been cancer-free for two and a half years when she was told she had a few months to live. And this is just wow. extremely exciting for us, yes. And and uh, does she live up in the New York area? No, she's in Florida, I believe. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so, that, I mean, that is essentially what they did was they took – her own cells, and they did DNA sequencing in it, and they they took them out of her body, they duplicated them outside of her body, and then injected her back with her own cells, but just more of them, and her own cells attacked that cancer. And that is incredible. Wow. Can you explain how that's maybe somewhat similar to PRP? I mean, I do know that they take out your blood and then they put back in the blood. So in essence, you're putting, I guess, the rich platelets back into your body. Is that somewhat kind of like a similar process? Sure. So it's all, you know, very similar in the sense that we are taking. So PRP is platelet-rich plasma, and Mm -hmm. it's used for a bunch of different things, um, but it helps with tissue healing. And you can either use your own plasma or you can use someone else's plasma, but it is essentially you're using more of a natural way to treat something. You're using your own cells or someone else's cells, not necessarily like a toxin. Okay. I understand. And then the other interesting thing that came out this week, it's rare when you have one groundbreaking trial that comes out. It's its unheard of when you have two major trials come out with their results in the same week. And on the complete other end of the spectrum, something called the Taylor X study published their data this week. And what that was showed us is about half. So when you get breast cancer, it's not one size fits all. There are many different types. Well, the most common type is what we call hormone-sensitive. Now, what we've been doing is these people who have the hormone-sensitive tumors, even if they're very small and it hasn't even gone to their lymph nodes, we've still been giving them, for the most part, chemotherapy just because we didn't know. We we want to do everything we can to prevent it from coming back. Well, this big, big study just came out and said these women no longer need chemotherapy because they did a huge study where they compared women who got chemotherapy with women who didn't get chemotherapy, and it was all the exact same. And therefore, hundreds of thousands of women will be saved from taking chemotherapy and will not have to deal with all of the negative detriments from the chemotherapy, and we won't be risking their risk of recurrence by doing so. That's amazing. Wow. And of course, that was huge news. Yeah, huge. and there's always there's always the argument, you know, uh people say that uh you know, uh chemotherapy uh, is worse than cancer and you know, kills the person even quicker and uh you know, my, the, the my side grandmother had are, my grandmother had breast cancer and she died from complications of chemotherapy. 
Wow. Now, it's not to say her cancer wouldn't have killed her at some point, but she died much sooner because of the chemotherapy. Now, don't get me wrong. Chemotherapy saves lives. It saves yes. many, many lives. So that's why we do it. We wouldn't do it if it didn't. Um, but, yes, chemotherapy has a lot of physical and mental and emotional, you know, risks with it. Yes, indeed. So if we, if we are able to save women from having to undergo chemotherapy and not risk their chance of survival, then it's just wonderful news. That is. That really is. And this this study that has come out, I assume that this has been disseminated to oncologists everywhere. So this actually was just presented at the biggest conference that we have, which is um, the American – um, Society of Clinical Oncology in Chicago last Sunday. So just about every oncologist knows about this study now. Okay. Okay. Wow. So is that going to go into immediate practice? So everyone's just going to stop? Uh, it doesn't have to take, you know, 50 other studies for them to actually it, prove it? No, this was a large enough study, and the science and data behind it are strong enough that you will start seeing procedural changes based off of this study. It, wow. you know, a lot of the time, studies are weak or small numbers, yeah. so we say we want to see more. This mm-hmm. isn't one of them. I do expect people to start changing the way that they they treat cancer based off of it. Wow. That's incredible. That is yeah. groundbreaking. And And talk to us about... What the screening recommendations are for breast cancer? Well, it's a great question because a lot of people get confused with breast cancer screening. And so I want to debunk some of that fake news and those myths. You know, the most lives saved are if you start getting yearly cancer screening, meaning every year starting at the age of 40, unless you are found to be high risk for, you know, whatever other, whatever reason. But a lot of people say, well, I don't have any breast cancer in my family, so they don't think that they really need it. And the truth is the far majority of women that get breast cancer have no family history. So regardless of whether or not you have people in your family who have breast cancer, women need to be getting their mammograms starting at the age of 40 every year until as long as they're in good health. Hmm. And mammography has involved. It is not just the same 2D mammogram that we've been doing for decades. We, The new standard of care is actually a 3D mammogram. And not only does that make us find more cancers when they're smaller, but we're also having fewer false positives, meaning fewer women are needed to be called back um, mm-hmm. just to be told it was a normal mammogram. Because that's one of the complaints about mammograms is that the false positives, meaning that they call you and say something may be wrong and you need more tests, and then you come back and it turns out everything was fine. Well, the new 3D mammograms are making it so we have fewer of those. Wow, that's yeah. great. And and how about recommendations for men? So we don't recommend men um, to get breast cancer screening, and unless that they are known to have a genetic mutation. You hear Angelina Jolie and some of the other Hollywood people have talked about the BRCA gene or BRCA. Well, men can get that too. So if the men have the BRCA gene, then they do get screening mammograms. I have men patients all the time. Now, um, because a man's chance of surviving breast cancer is the same as a woman if it's diagnosed at the same stage. 
Unfortunately, many men don't realize that they can develop the disease, so they don't seek medical attention when they first discover an abnormality of their chest. So therefore, they, mm-hmm. usually, they usually are diagnosed later on and have worse survival. Oh, I see. So, but people yeah, you need know, the to know tough it's guys, not just, you don't want to go get checked out. <laughs> well, exactly. And the thing is, you need to know it's not just you find a mass in your breast or on your chest. It There are other signs of cancer. It doesn't always present as a mass. It can be a rash on your chest, even something that itches or you have discharge from your nipple. That Those all can be signs of cancer. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's not being treated with chemotherapy, what is the process of getting rid of the cancer? Well, again, it's not one size fits all. So there are many different types of cancers, many different stages of cancers. It can be as um, minimalistic as you just have a small surgery, a little lumpectomy, and take that cancer out and you're finished. It -hmm. can be... You have to take a hormone pill every day after surgery, which is just a a pill. It's not necessarily chemotherapy. Sometimes you have to do radiation, and that's where we do radiation outside the body, and it kills off that tissue. And then sometimes we can do chemotherapy, which is essentially a toxin that goes in and just kills all that it can. And Mm -hmm. And now the future is looking very much towards precision medicine, which is the immunotherapy we discussed earlier. And you know, we, unfortunately, it's not in regular use quite yet. We do have a lot, many more of our medicines are precise, meaning that they work on certain cancers, not just go in and land blast everything. Um, but I, we can get even more precise, and that's what we're working on. That's wow, amazing. that's amazing. It's amazing yeah. to me how, you know, medication can target certain things in the body and not others. Yes, and that we've evolved in chemotherapy like that, even antibiotics now. That's just, with innovation, that's one of the beautiful things about living in America is that we have some of the most highly motivated medical innovators, and that's why we have all of these treatments and everything, and we need to keep that momentum going. And, of course, you're you're affiliated with Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, which is one of the premier cancer centers uh, in the country, if not the world. Uh, Yes. You know, um, I I remember from, you know, I I was born and raised in New York City. So, um, you know, I remember people always talking about Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. It was always Mm -hmm. the place to go for treatment. One of the great things about where I work is that we everyone works together, and there is not a lot of miscommunication, which sometimes you do see that. So we're all in this, essentially under the same roof, and there's great communication, and things don't necessarily fall through the through the cracks. Um, and you know, I obviously work with amazing people, so it's a great place to be. And you've been with them how long? I've been with Memorial for nearly three years and then I was in private practice prior to being with Memorial. Oh, okay. And and did you always know that you wanted to be a radiologist? I didn't always know I wanted to be a radiologist. I knew I wanted to go in and help people and then I decided on radiology because I didn't have to narrow down my knowledge base. So a radiologist knows 
a little bit about, or we know a lot about a lot of the entire body because I, we have to talk to neurosurgeons about the brain, and we have to talk to orthopedic surgeons about the foot and cardiologists about the heart. So we have to know just as much as they do, but of the entire body. And I really liked that concept. We, they call radiologists the physician's consultant, meaning any doctor can come talk to us, and we, sh- we are able to discuss their specialty with them. Wow. And I like that. that. Is... I was ahead, wondering Adrian. how I know that I feel like when somebody gets cancer and they're or they're told that they have cancer, I think that one of the biggest culprits in that situation is the stress factor about, you know, what's going on in with their body, what's gonna happen to their lives. So how do does somebody actually cope with the fact that they have to sit there and think that there's something killing them inside of them? And then not have that stress factor actually add to what's depleting them. Well, that is a great question and very difficult to answer because everyone handles a cancer diagnosis very differently. And the truth is we know that stress is not good for our body physically and mentally. And so we need to make sure we get our patients to the most healthy place mentally in order to fight their cancers. And having a strong support system is very key, whether it's your family, whether it's friends, or really just anyone to talk to. Um, And Mm -hmm. always maintaining hope is a great thing. And so we as physicians need to make sure that we do everything we can to continue to provide hope for our patients. Yeah, so kind of that, like a, that must be. Go ahead, Adriana. Go ahead. I mean, no, I I just think that that must be such a difficult thing to to have to tell someone to begin with, and then also kind of lead them into a direction where they still have hope and they don't let this just completely take over their mindset. So I tell my patients, I say again. If we know what to do with one cancer, it's breast cancer because it is so common. And then I just tell them, try and just go one step at a time. So from here today, just worry about your next appointment. Don't think three to four appointments ahead. Just think about your next one. And it's baby steps, which will get you there. And although it's a long journey, you'll get to the end of that journey. But just stay focused on the task at hand and don't get caught up in some of the other thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it sounds like, like with many other illnesses, that a a real comprehensive approach and and a multidisciplinary approach works best uh, in terms of you know a support system, family support system, uh, you know to help the patient uh, cope with the many things being thrown at them at that time. You know, a new uh, a new diagnosis, if you will, um, certainly rattles someone. They need that support from family and friends. Um, you know, also uh, religious and spiritual. They need to take care of themselves and and their relationship with their higher power. Uh, last year mm-hmm. we had Lynn Ibe on as a guest, and she's a author of When God and Cancer Meet. And she's actually a former uh, reporter um, who uh, who had colon cancer, and uh, and she talked about kind of her spiritual journey, you know, through that diagnosis. 
Uh, what yeah. would you say, um, Dr. Sapphire, what would you say is is one of the top priorities for someone who is newly diagnosed? Top priorities is to put that support system together from the medical side, make sure that you know she has all the correct medical professionals she needs, but to make sure that she also has people when she leaves the hospital that's going to be there for her as well. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people question faith and get angry and they go through very different stages of grieving. And yes. my biggest concern is just to make sure that they have an outlet to discuss this and that they don't get caught up in the emotional aspect of it. And, um, you know, it's difficult. It's, it's easy for you to, for me to say it being on this side of the table, but, sure. um, but uh, you know, I find when I tell my younger patients that they have cancer, they don't—they're not worried about themselves. They're thinking about their young children and their spouse. Whereas if I tell an older person that they have cancer, it's a very different conversation. So, you know, I just have to, like I said, it depends on every person. And my biggest concern is really how they're doing more mentally and emotionally than how they're doing physically when they leave me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I had I um, had a very strange situation happen to a friend of mine. And I get a call from her boyfriend. And he says to me, I have to tell you something. It's going to be okay. It's very, you know, very serious. And I, already I was like, wait, what's going on? So he goes on to tell me that a friend of mine got checked up and she has stage five cancer. And she's only 30. And she's like one of the healthiest people that I know. So I was shocked. And for one minute there, I, my heart just, just literally stopped. And I just felt like the, my whole world, because she's one of my, my close friends, was just like crashing down. But then he continues to talk and he says, but we just found out that they mixed up her results with somebody else's. And, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And it turns out that she was perfectly fine. She was healthy. But for a good four or five days, they actually went through the whole process of believing sure. that she had stage five cancer. And for me, for the one minute that I actually felt that she had the cancer, I suffered so deeply, you know? So that's why I, I, I just, my heart goes out to anybody that thinks, you know, when, or what, what they think when they end up getting it. And that just must be half the battle because it really takes a toll on, on your emotional state. And I think, you know, having faith and friends and family is so key to that, like you were saying, and and yeah, that was my my little medicine that I got for the one minute that I got was just so impactful. That I still I still feel it today. I mean, hearing that, you know. Well, so yeah. Well, that brings up a good point. There's you always need a second opinion, and if oh, yeah. those two opinions are very different, you always should get a third opinion because people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the good news is, there's no such thing as stage five cancer. So that would have been my top. Stage four, <laughs> stage four is as bad as it gets in the cancer world. Oh wow! But I'm, no, I'm glad you cla- I'm, I'm glad you clarified that, Doctor Sapphire, because I was sitting here and I'm thinking I've never heard of stage five cancer. <laughs> you know what? I probably screwed that up, and he said stage four. <laughs> I just didn't. I wasn't even listening to him anymore after he said whatever he said. I was just like. I was in just so much shock and like my emotions were all over the place. 
But yeah, I mean, he probably said stage four. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, it was it was the worst type of cancer that you could have. And he even said there was like such a small percentage of survival. I think he said ten. I, I can't even remember. But yeah, that I was I was like, that's it. You know, I'm losing my friend. I have to go see her like right this second. Um, so yeah, that was very impactful for me. Well, absolutely. I mean, and you know, it affects everyone. It doesn't just affect one person. It you know, there's yeah. a lot of people, and we really. One of the things that we harp on a lot is make sure that the caregivers are doing okay as well, the person taking care yeah. of the person with cancer. And right. that's a huge part of it, too. Yeah. Right, absolutely. I mean, and and, yeah. and you also bring up a good point, Dr. Sapphire. You know, people go through a range of emotions, uh, including, you know, getting angry with God. And I've had a lot of people that I've counseled through those types of episodes. and And I explained to them very clearly, you know what? God can handle your anger. So you can yeah. be angry because God can handle it. But, you know, different people have a different range uh, of emotions. Um, I know that, that you have to get going, and uh, and Thank I really you. appreciate your time. Uh, any, any closing uh, comments that you want to leave us with? Well, you know, you mentioned how people say they get angry and God can handle that. You know, there are several stages to grieving, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Well, when a patient gets a cancer diagnosis, they're grieving as well. So they have to get through it. The denial, the anger, the bargaining, the guilt, and then finally the acceptance. So it's our job to get them to the acceptance. But when it comes to breast cancer, the best chance for survival is to catch it early. And the only way to do that is to get your screening breast cancer like mammograms and ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Right. So for all the female listeners, make yeah. your appointments with your primary care physician, or uh, or I imagine they could make an appointment with the OBGYN as well. Yes, mm-hmm. and if you're a med- on Medicare, you don't even need a prescription anymore to get a mammogram. You can just make an appointment there. Wonderful. Again, thank you, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Um, you know, we'll give out your website again and and um, and make sure that people connect with you uh, on Twitter as well. Um, Wonderful. And, you know, anytime you want to come back, you have a uh, open invitation to come back at any time. Absolutely. Thank well, so thank much, you. Dr. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate thank your you. time. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great right. day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. And again, I want to give out her website, www.nicolesapphire, and that's spelled S-A-P-H-I-E-R-M-D.com. She's located up in the New York area, and um, she is Director of Breast Imaging for Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, Monmouth Regional. Um, So that's, uh, I assume that's in Monmouth, New Jersey. Um, and uh, clearly she has a, qu- quite a background, quite an impressive background. Very um, impressive. And, and, you know, it's really good to hear about uh, some of those uh, new developments in treatment because I think, wow, if if people could avoid chemotherapy yeah. and and get the same results, I mean, that is great. That really is because, you know, chemo does... In some cases, I won't say all, some people, their bodies don't respond well to chemo and they get yeah. really sick. 
I mean, you're putting in, you know, poison into your body. So naturally, it it would happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, I think also to talk about um, the, you know, the different stages that people go through um, and, and also in talking about exactly what happens with people emotionally and physically, like your friend who thought she had cancer. Like, I, I, I can't even imagine what I, she I was, can't. you know. I know. I, I was, uh, what I went through for that sh- short, teeny, tiny amount of time, like I said, was just so impactful. And, and it just really rocked my world emotionally. I mean, mentally, I was just like, and I was in California, so I was just ready to drop everything and go right come right back to Miami and just see her for however little I had to see her. And I just, sure. I really, I can't imagine what they went through for a couple of days, you know, right. thinking that. And in some ways, when I was talking to her, I said, my gosh, like you must feel like God gave you a brand new life. Like what she must have been going through, she must have been only wishing like that that somebody would just call her and say it was all a mistake, you know, and, and right, here's your fresh right. body with nothing in it. And right. so she did get that. And so when I was speaking to her, I was actually saying, my gosh, you must have such a new perspective. It must put things in such a different light for you. And, and you, right. you got handed a new chance, even though it was never actually taken away from her. But it, I felt like it was such an experience for her to really put things into perspective and appreciate things that maybe we take for granted when, when you know, we just think we're healthy, just walking around healthy and, you know, all, all our blessings are there, but we don't really actually consider them because we're so used to it. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, um, I myself, being a cancer survivor, um, you know, wow. as I'm thinking about it now, you know, no in idea. 2000, oh, I thought, I thought we had discussed that in 2014. No. Yeah. In 2014, I went to get checked out, was having some abdominal pain. Um, and the abdominal pain turned out to be a hernia, but, uh, the nurse practitioner that, uh, evaluated me at Cleveland clinic, um, said, you know, I, I want to do a little more testing just to, check on things and make sure everything's okay. And she called me later that evening uh, while I was uh, driving to meet my family for dinner. And, uh, you know, I never forget because it was, it was actually, um, it was in June of 2014. So uh, it's actually an anniversary this month, if you will. Um, And she said, uh, you know, are you, are you driving? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, can you pull over? And I went, oh, boy, that doesn't sound good. (gasps) That does not sound good. Um, So I did pull over, and she advised me that that I had a tumor on my kidney. And, uh, you know, I I was like, whoa. And uh, I couldn't believe it. It was like, this, this can't be, like. You know, yeah. and uh, and I wound up having robotic surgery six weeks later, and uh, my kidney was saved, and uh, you know I didn't need any radiation or chemo, thankfully. 
And uh, yeah, and that was a blessing. And, you know, through all the emotions I went through, um, I was never angry with God. I was a little perplexed. And I was Mm -hmm. like, God, I know that there's a reason. I need to find out what the reason is. Um, But somehow, you know, I know that this is going to serve you. And, uh, you know, I met some wonderful people and it's given me, you know, a, uh, a greater perspective, particularly when I'm talking to someone who is either newly diagnosed or is undergoing, you know, chemotherapy or radiation. And believe me, ever since then, I've had quite a few people that have crossed my path. Uh, I have a, a few friends now that are going through treatment and at least I can I can relate to them not just on an intellectual level but on an emotional level you know from experience and um, you know um, it's you 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 go through a range of emotions and yeah so so how did you man I mean six weeks is a long time to wait for the surgery I'm wondering why it didn't happen right away is there a reason for that um, yeah, so a couple of things. Number one, the the surgeon um, is a very popular surgeon uh, who's really one of the best at what he does, and his schedule was that was that busy. That's number wow. one. Number two, uh, what he explained to me, and and that was really the most comforting part. He explained to me that it's it was a slow growing tumor. And that, you know, it grew like a centimeter a year. So, um, you know, so, you know, it wasn't going to make a difference whether it was six weeks or eight weeks. It really wasn't going to make much of a difference. Uh, But the other thing, and, 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 and to me, this was important, too, was I had a bunch of weddings scheduled. And I have never missed a wedding that I'm officiating. Thank God. Knock on wood. I have never missed a wedding in 20 years. And um, it just so happened that we were able to schedule it at a time when I would have like a 10 day span without a wedding. Which that's a long time for me without a wedding. Yeah. And and the date worked well for him and it worked well for me. So oh, yeah, perfect. That was um, like God telling you this is yes. making a yes. little window for you to save you. Yes. Yeah, everything uh-huh. worked out the way it was supposed to. Um my recovery time was less than it was supposed to be. And wow. within ten days I was officiating a wedding. Wow. I did, I did not miss that wedding. I was officiating a wedding in ten days. Um That's impressive. They couldn't see all the gauze under my shirt, but you know, <laughs> I was pretty well bandaged up. Um, wow. But yeah. I did also, I had a family vacation planned during those six weeks as well. And I okay. really didn't want to reschedule that. It was a family cruise and we were going with a bunch of people. And I said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to go on the cruise and I'm going to live it up. 
<laughs> and that's what I did. That's amazing. I I mean, you are honestly the epitome to me of somebody that has their emotions so well put together and their perspective on life just so positive. So it's very interesting how you handle that because I think, you know, you are a great example to people out there. And for you to just have handled it with such poise and positivity. I mean, that's amazing. I think that that's one of the key ingredients I feel that people have to apply to their illnesses because yeah. otherwise I feel like they're just going to feed into it if, if they go the right. other way, you know, and, and it's those people that stay at home and cry instead of going on a ship and partying. <laughs> I feel right. like that's when it gets worse. And it just right. snowballs from there. So that's a great key point um, that you did live your life that way. And yeah. a great example for you. people that might be doing Thank you for your kind comments as well. But, you know, yeah. I, I think, you know, your attitude when you're sick, your attitude really affects your recovery. And, yeah. you know, I, I, only told, I only told a handful of people. Because I also didn't want my couples and the families I was working with to freak out. Right. You know, um, my associate pastor had all the files and all my notes and everything. So, you know, if for some reason God decided I was going home, he could at least step in and and do it all. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, because that's what you do if you're responsible. You make sure that you have a backup. But, um, you know, um, I think the attitude had a lot to do with it. And, you know, I tried to stay positive and, you know, people said, hey, are you still going to go on your vacation? I said, yes, I am. I'm going to go <laughs> on my vacation. I'm going to have a good time. Party. <laughs> you know, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's key. I think everybody... I think maybe that is a sort of antidote um, that everyone should take when they get sick is to even yeah. go on vacation and to really dig deep and enjoy themselves. Cause that, I think loathing is, is just so detrimental to recovery yeah. in, in any aspect. I mean, even if you're not, if you're sick physically, but also sick emotionally or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I do believe, I truly believe that, that that your mindset really plays a part in it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, um, the only thing I didn't do was go crazy with my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been leave my family. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to leave my family with more debt. <laughs> yeah, they would have been a little upset, I think. So yes. after you went through that whole thing, did you feel like you had, you know, a, a new set of eyes on life? Did it really change your perspective? I mean, how did you feel once yes. they told you you're clear? Yeah, um, you know, it, it was a great feeling. Um, you know, you, you always have that little bit of fear, uh, particularly, you know, every time I go back for a follow-up. Now I have to go every year. Um, and, uh, 
it has changed my perspective though on life. I will tell you that. Um, I, I cut a lot of things out of my life, um, that, uh, you know, took too much time away from me and my family. I, I definitely, uh, invested more time with my family and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, have pulled back on my schedule because my schedule, it's crazy now, but it was crazier back then. So I've, I've pulled back on my schedule. Uh, and also, you know, I've, I've kept negative people away and out of my life. Like I I have no room for negativity in my life. Yeah. And I know you and I, we've, We've talked about that and, you know, yep. um, you have such a positive outlook as well, everything okay. you're doing. And, um, you know, that's, yeah, that, that's the outlook you, you got to have. It is. I mean, like I said, it, it applies to all aspects. I mean, it's in business, it's in your personal life, emotionally, and your physical. It's just, it, I, I believe it all boils down to the mindset. And that's what gives you your end result. So you really choose the path that you want to go down. And I mean, I know with cancer, it's difficult to say that because you can't really pinpoint it. But you can always choose to look at it in a positive way or a negative way, whatever ends up happening. Like for, for what happened to my friend and for that moment in time where I felt like my I was losing a friend, like I would never want to take that back because I really truly feel like that gave me such insight on what people go through and I was just sitting there like my gosh like I can't imagine you know what it would be like for every so many people that go through this in the world and so I think we really have to take those instances where we're challenged and make them into empowering moments that create us create better person people within us you know and so that's that's kind of like how I tried to even tell my friend like I I told her I'm like I hope you're gonna get married and have kids right away now (laughs) because right I mean you just I mean it just changes a lot but it's all about turning negatives into positives and if you can really grasp that I think that anything that comes your way you can just turn it around absolutely absolutely and and um another piece of uh, of good news is that uh Danielle Morgan and John Merrigan, who've been on this show previously, and and uh, we've played we've played their music. Um, oh. They have sent, yeah, they have sent new music. Oh, nice. So, um, unfortunately, because of the weather and everything, uh, we had some some technical glitches going on in getting set up today, um, but. For our next show, I will be playing some of some of their new music, which uh, I'm excited to share because they they are just rocking and rolling. They are really, you know, taking off, uh, and they're they're based in the UK. And um, you know, I've mentioned to the listeners before, if you want to follow Danielle, DanielleMorganMusic.com, um, and definitely connect on social media as well. Um, they're a great couple and uh, great music as well. So, uh, so in the next, time uh, next we'll show we'll share that. It. Yeah. So what and, you mean to tell me, Reverend Michael, is you have issues <laughs> this time. 
Because <laughs> the last time I I got on the show, my mic wasn't working, and I got on there was saying that I had issues, and you were making fun of me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, so we all have issues. Yeah, you're the one with issues this time. But we're excited to listen to them on the next show. Um, Yeah. You said they're in the U.K.? They're in the U.K. And, um, you know, uh, you definitely need to connect with them. Uh, Danielle Morgan Music. uh, She's on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, Spotify, iTunes, the whole thing. Um, they are really fabulous. Um, she was, they were on the show last year. They're going to be back on soon. Uh, in fact, we may even have them on next week. Wow. That's so, uh, cause we have been, we have been communicating back and forth. Uh, they're in the, they're, they've been in the middle of a tour and a couple of other things, but, um, they always make time for the Michael Calderon show. So I very much appreciate, um, you know, my friendship with them. Um, And what's interesting is she was actually a police officer in the uh, Metropolitan London Police for about seven years. And so so she just decided to become a singer one day? To chase her dreams, to pursue her dreams. And you know what that's that's like. You've been pursuing your dreams. Yes, I know. I know. I'm I'm on my journey right now. So you know, I was gonna ask you. Um, I I just came to mind right now. Uh, how did you and Dr. Nicole Sapphire cross paths? Because you know she's in New York. You're here. I mean, I know you know a lot of New Yorkers. You're from there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, actually, I had uh, I had seen her interview. Uh, on Fox News with Abby Huntsman, and and I was like, oh wow, this is a this is amazing. Like some of these breakthroughs, um, you know, with with the cancer treatment. So I reached out to her. I reached out to her and invited her to come on the show, and she oh, agreed. Wow. Yeah, it was a cold yeah, call. A <laughs> cold call. You know what? I've been finding that. Whoever it is that you really want to reach out to, there's always a way when yes. there's the willpower to, to make it happen. I mean, even if they don't respond to you through platforms, on social media platforms, you somebody that you know, know someone that can reach yep. out to, to that person. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just about knowing and having that mindset that it's going to happen and you can make it happen. And yes. and. And you'd be surprised. So many people just respond on social media. They have no issues, you know, just talking. Yeah. And, and here we are thinking, oh, there's someone on TV or, you know, they're doing major things and, and, and they wouldn't respond to little old me or, you know, they're not going to pay attention to their messages. But in, in reality, I, I really do believe that when you speak something out and you put enough willpower to it, it's going to turn around. I mean, for you, it was very easy, clearly, for you to just reach out to Dr. Nicole Sapphire. It sounds like she's ready, willing, and able to share all her knowledge, which is really important um, for people out there, especially when they might not know to go every year for a screening, and now they will. So little does she know that her impact she's probably having on everyone that she pushes to do that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's saving lives. 
you know, you, you know exactly. how many women I have spoken to and, you know, they have health issues. And I ask them, when was the last time you were at the doctor? Oh, it's been, you know, five years, three years, you know, uh, and it's like, listen, you need to get yourself checked out. And it's yeah. just, it's the same for, for guys. You know, right. I uh, I encourage everyone to get checked. Right. Get checked out. You never know what's going on. You need to get checked out. So let's say we are putting the mammograph aside. Um, how often do you think that someone should just get checked in general, like once a year, once every other year? I mean, I know a lot yeah. of people, like you said, to go four or five years without being checked because, you know, they feel healthy and they're not thinking, no one's recommending to them how often. I mean, I don't think there is a rule book anywhere where it says how often you should go to right. get checked, especially, you know, maybe the younger crowd too. Right. Um, you know, I personally, and I'm not a doctor, but I <laughs> recommend that everyone get checked out at least annually. Yeah. Um, you know, have a general physical with blood work and all that stuff. You know, blood work is a good indicator of what's going on in your body. And if there's a problem, it usually gets picked up on blood work. So I always recommend that, that people get checked out. Um, you know, I know people are real busy and they say, oh, I don't have time. Well, you know what? You got to make the time because mm-hmm. if you get sick, you may not have any time. Exactly. It may it may be over. So, you know, and you uh, it's found important. Your tumor through a physical? Yeah, actually, I had gone in because I was having I was having some um, stomach cramps that were related uh, to a hernia. Okay. But I didn't have symptoms from the tumor, and wow. I had the tumor for five years. No way. Wow. Yeah. And not one symptom. So thank goodness so, for your hernia. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank goodness for that. Absolutely. That. Yep. Absolutely. God works in mysterious ways. I mean, sometimes we don't know why in the moment, but I really do believe that there is always a reason. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask um, Dr. Sapphire was, because she was saying that she was, you know, battling against legislation. I don't know if you know what, what it is that she does battle with them on what rights or what subject matters. It is that she has the most difficulty getting through to them. I was actually kind of curious, but I didn't get to mm. it. She's obviously she's very busy. Um, but I'm going to have to do some research on that. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. Go to her website. Uh, yeah. I've been on there, NicoleSapphireMD.com. And uh, and we can always email her as well yeah. if you have some follow-up questions. That's Definitely. True. I'm yeah, sure she'd be more than happy. Fierce legislative advocate is what she has on here. So that's, that's a powerful thing because... There's a ton of men on there sitting there, you know, delegating all these rules and regulations. So we need people like Dr. Nicole Sapphire for sure. Absolutely. And uh, I do want to, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, 
Mark Sharpentier, he's the principal at Sunset Lakes Elementary School. Um, he's a phenomenal administrator. He runs a really tight ship. And uh, Miss Fabiola English and Miss Grace Heim, they're teachers there, and they are phenomenal. And I told them I was going to give them a shout-out today. So um, mm -hmm. I wanted to give them that shout-out. And I also want to remind the listeners about Rinconcito 107 Latino. If you want a really good meal, Cuban restaurant, go to Rinconcito 107 Latino. They're located at 70 Northwest 107th Avenue in Miami. Uh, they are two minutes from the FIU campus here in South Florida. Uh, you can go to their website at www.rinconcito107latino.com. Uh, they're open every day, 7 a.m., to 11 p.m. Uh, you won't be disappointed, Adriana. You and I, we're gonna have we're gonna have a meal there. I'm waiting so we're gonna, for it. Yes, yes. I'm I'm going to uh, schedule that with you. More. Yes. yes. I need I need to sit down with you so we can have a one-on-one -on -one and have some good food. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so it's been another great show. And yes. uh, I want to thank you, Adriana, for uh, for coming on. Thank and, you, Reverend uh, Michael. It's always a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. And and I want to thank uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire uh, for being on as well. Uh, wonderful, wonderful information. And we'll have her back. We'll have her back in a couple of months. I know she's she's doing some great things. She's working on some on some projects. Uh, that's all I'm going to say at this point, but she's working on some projects and she'll be back on the show uh, to talk to us more about them. Uh, but make sure you connect with her on Twitter, um, on Twitter, to NB Sapphire MD, and, um, and also go to her website at www.nicolesapphiremd.com. S A P H I E R. And uh, I thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you again, Adriana. Um, an hour flew. It flew by. Yeah. It always does, right? Always, always, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we're going to, you know, we should broadcast one time from Rinconcito. I'm going to talk to Al and Carlos over there and tell that them, hey, we're going to broadcast. From the yes. restaurant, we'll do a taste test as we're <laughs> as we're yeah, doing exactly. the show. <laughs> You'll just hear us chewing, and that'll be the show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But right. we also should do another show with Gail because I, I really still have a lot of questions for her, and she was she was so energetic, and her words were so powerful. I think we definitely need to do a follow up with her. Yes, yes, we'll get her back on as well. Wonderful. Okay, that show we can. That show we'll do in New York City. <laughs> you know, what I was just gonna say I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna sit down with her. Maybe I can do the show sitting right next to her. That would be great. Yes, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yes. we'll do it. For sure. All right, we'll plan on that. Thank you so much, Reverend Michael. Thank it's you. always a pleasure. Thank you. So you've been tuned to the Michael Calderon show. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you have an idea for uh, for a show, send us a message through the show page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. 
We thank you so much for tuning in with us and um, stay tuned for our next show. Keep, uh, keep watching the show page and we'll let you know about the next show. All right. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. God bless.